right, welcome back into the Plank Show. We have good news breaking this morning on the status of DeMar Hamlin. The Buffalo Bills sent out a statement per the physicians caring for DeMar Hamlin at the University of Cincinnati Medical Center. DeMar has shown remarkable improvement over the past 24 hours. While still critically ill, he has demonstrated that he appears to be neurologically intact, which is huge. His lungs continue to heal, and he is making steady progress. We are grateful for the love and support he has received. Wow. So, Man, okay, so he's still in critical condition, though. Correct. Correct. He's not necessarily out of the woods yet. Uh, I think that term critically ill is one that, that stands out. But when they say he appears to be neurologically intact, Josh, when you hear that they had to resuscitate him twice, mm-hmm. I mean, that's kind of the first concern, right? It's like, oh, my gosh, is he, is he ever going to be you know, mentally right. what he was? Is he going to have that capacity? And that – that statement from the Bills is incredibly positive in my world. Absolutely it is. Absolutely it is. And, look, we didn't want to speculate a, a lot in a public realm until you just get information from another source sharing with us because, frankly, I right. just I think it's insensitive to do that. But now that we have a little bit of information, I think we can we could say that, man, when you hear that somebody's gotten resuscitated a couple of times, you do worry about that, right? The uh, we, we heard mm-hmm. yesterday, what was the report, that th- they were worried about damage to his lungs. And when you hear those two things combined, you start saying, okay, well, what what does that mean, the, the you know, oxygen not reaching the brain for a certain period of time? That's a very frightening thing in terms of, okay, well, right. if you get out of critical condition, then what does that mean for DeMar Hamlin's life? And uh, obviously, you know, the reports that we're getting today – from a neurological standpoint, is great news, man. Great news. Not uh, anywhere close to being uh, the type of news that we want to ultimately report, but progress, right? Positive progress. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, absolutely. So that's the latest update that we have on Damar Hamlin, and it's good news. And on this sidebar, you got Patriots-Bills, which is a big game this weekend. They're still going to play. But it, it appears as if, if I'm understanding all the nuances, we're not trying to make up this week 17 game between the Bills and the Bengals and what, Josh, playoff seeding between those three teams will be decided on winning percentage after this weekend. Is that right? It, it sounds like that's the direction this is going. Now, I don't know that uh... – I don't know that a final decision, right, has necessarily been made like by on that subject, but if you're reading the tea leaves and listening to Adam Schefter and so on and so forth, it feels like kind of a final decision has been made, right? I don't know that they've publicly said, "Hey, this is absolutely what's going to happen," but uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, it doesn't sound like that. we we know the game's not getting made up this week. They're not pushing the schedule back, right. so it is what it is. It's coming down to winning percentage and. Probably that means that if the Chiefs beat the Raiders, they're going to be the number one overall seed. So we'll continue to monitor and bring in the latest that we learn as far as Jamar Hamlin is concerned. But here at 10.06 a.m. on a Thursday, Josh, let's talk about roster management here for OU football. Uh, We'll get back to your Air Comfort Solutions text. Everyone's got some thoughts after the OU loss last night to Iowa State in it. 
mostly has to do with the crowd and the environment and completely understand why that was a bit of a shock to the system. But first, let's talk about before what's going out, Josh. Let's talk about what appears to be a pretty big 24 to 48 hours for some grad transfers. From what my timeline has told me, Bowling Green wide receiver transfer Tyrone Broden, Caleb Schaefer, who was an offensive lineman from Miami of Ohio, are both on campus today. Now, to be very clear, there could be more, and as we've learned in the transfer portal era, it's up to that player to kind of publicize where he is, who's he, who he's talking to, and where, where, he's, where he's going. So from at the very least what I've been able to take so far, Josh, these are two guys that are appear to be you know, big-time targets for Oklahoma right now. There could be others, but like we said, it's a matter of you know, whether or not guys let us know. Yeah, you, you're waiting for that reported offer from the player themselves. It, it feels like uh, sure. Broden's a particularly important target because just reading the, the tea leaves out there and what some other uh, you know players' decisions they've made, Oklahoma struck out on wide receiver right. throughout this transfer portal process. So it, it would be nice to add at least the one skill player. I think OU, believe it or not, is going to be fine. If Mims goes pro and you don't add a transfer portal wide receiver, it would just, I think, give everybody a little bit more peace of mind to replenish a little bit with a transfer transfer portal wide receiver or two. But generally speaking, Plank, if they don't, let, let's let's survey the, the landscape here. You got Farouk, right, who I think has star potential. You've got Gibson right. and Anderson that I think you look at and you say, okay, a chance to to really grow and develop. Stoops, we know, proven product there. What else? One of these freshman wide receivers, Petaway, Brown, you're counting on to, to step right in and, and be yeah. an impact player. Which wide receiver, I know we didn't see it this year with really either Gibson or uh, Gibson or Anderson, but I do think just wide receiver lends itself to that being the case. LV Bunkley, Shelton, we started to see get some legitimate run in the bowl game. So I, I don't know. I mean, it would be comforting to get somebody that's produced at a wide receiver out of this you know, transfer portal, but I think OU would probably be okay without it. From a depth standpoint, it'd be, it'd be great, though. Right. Um, exactly. A little depth. Now, I think, did, did Walter Rouse make an announcement yesterday? He didn't, did he? Because... I noticed on our sheet someone had put it in red, but I think of the four known targets we have right now for Oklahoma on the graduate the, on the portal conversation, the portal situation, the four known targets that we have are Devon Sears out of Texas State, who from everything we saw was on campus yesterday. Tyler Broden, as we just brought up, the wide receiver from Bowling Green. And Caleb Schaefer, the offensive lineman from Miami of Ohio, who are on campus today. And then Walter Rouse, the offensive tackle from Stanford. You had mentioned some of the other wide receiver targets, Josh. I have, you know, five that made it public that there was an offer from Oklahoma, for the most part, have chosen somewhere else. Dorian Singer, the Arizona wide receiver, went to USC. Ra Ra Thomas, the Mississippi State wide receiver, going to Georgia, which is a rarity for Georgia to dip into the transfer portal. Uh, Trey Harris from Louisiana Tech went to Ole Miss 
Xavier Raphael, who was at Idaho State, is going to Arizona State. And while Dante Cephas, at least as we start this show, hasn't announced anything, it it looks like it looks like the Kent State product is on his way to Pitt. But I, but see, I'm with you, and I think we had a we had a couple of texts on this yesterday. Throwing the Gavin Freeman right in in kind of what we saw from his development and yeah. getting another year in that mix too. I, I know that you want a little bit more experience, but I feel really good. Now, to be clear, to be clear and fair, I had felt pretty good about the offensive line. And I had a, a buddy of mine in coaching reach out like, no, 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 bro, they, they, they need a little help. They're, they're more decimated there than what the numbers might look like. You need to get an experienced body. And I would say, even though there were some, some tough moments late, Josh, of all the things that happened from the Cheez-It Bowl, Maybe our concerns over, my gosh, is this offensive line, is it going to be okay next year? I think those were alleviated just a little bit. And even knowing that, hey, Aaron Parks you know, had some issues late, but he played pretty well coming in from what my thine eyes have seen. I'm re-watching it tonight to go over some notes uh, for this show and for the podcast. But you know, I felt like the offensive line and seeing what Savion Bird did. Now, granted, all these young guys that we've fallen in love with, the Gavin Sawchucks, the Savion Birds, the Aaron Parks, they also had some bone-crushing mistakes, some soul-crushing mistakes in this game too, which is part of it, right? With Gavin Sawchuck had the fumble. I think Parks had a really bad holding penalty. Bird had a big holding penalty that called back things. So you still have those issues that you work through. But going back to just talking wide receiver offensive line, I think where those have been the two biggest areas of, of attention, it seems, that Oklahoma hasn't added anyone yet from the transfer portal, I thought both kind of asserted themselves well looking ahead of 2023, right? That Especially offensive line, right? No doubt. That that was a big-time positive coming out of the uh, Cheez-It Bowl was how you held up, how you played uh, you know, minus four offensive line starters was uh, pretty impressive for Oklahoma. Walter Rouse uh, looked a little bit at his PFF pass blocking grade yesterday. That was the one thing was, okay, well, Oklahoma could probably, based on the Cheez-It Bowl, now that was a serious test, right, with with Verse and Florida State, obviously, uh, you know, all these different faces up front, probably in general. It's going to be challenging from a pass protection standpoint, but that was the one area where you'd come away from that game like, all right, well, they only dropped back, you know, what was it, 30 times, and you had – X number of sacks, that's that's probably an area you'd like to get cleaned up. Walter Rouse's PFF pass blocking grade, don't go look at it because it's not much better than some of what you saw in the uh, <laughs> Cheez-It Bowl. But I do love the fact just that, again, he's got upwards of 35 starts, has played at a Power 5 level. Oh, you need some tackle help if you can, uh, you know, now with Sexton's injury, listening to uh, Teddy on the rush this week, it sounds like just Teddy sort of feels like that's going to be more of a longer term injury there so you know with with Guyton and with Parks you'd like to have one more tackle body that's experienced yeah and and maybe maybe Josh the injury to Sexton and knowing that you know that late to have what I mean just it appears to be a torn ACL right uh and maybe even more you know that the process to get him back is one that won't be in time for the season so maybe that accelerates that a little bit more. Or, again, maybe you you liked what you saw from Aaron Parks, and maybe you, you, you feel better about a Jake Taylor in that mix if he can be outside or inside. 
but I, I tend to, I tend to fall in the former more than the latter, right? They're going to continue to grind and go after uh, offensive linemen to add depth. So, again, just to update the, the, the portal attempts that it appears Oklahoma is making. Devon Sears, Texas State defensive lineman in yesterday, have heard good things, have heard good things, but haven't seen anything official from him or any of the recruiting gurus. Wide receiver Tyler Broden out of, and I believe that's how you say his name right, out of Bowling Green, and Caleb Schaefer, Miami of Ohio offensive lineman, are in town today, and Walter Routes is planning on making a trip, the Stanford offensive lineman. Now, to the NFL-bound guys. Now, again, I'll make this very clear. I don't think Braden Willis or Deshaun White or Jeffrey Johnson, I mean, I don't think they had any eligibility left. Uh, In fact, I, I pretty much know they don't, but I always find it odd with with the wording of their announcements. Hey, of all this, blah, 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 with that said, and someone had brought up earlier in the week, maybe it's just for a little bit of clout, you might be right. But last night we added two names, and tell me if there's anyone we need to – I don't think anyone's taking advantage of my Google Doc that I put together for the station, Josh. Can I I see on here who's even opened it? Is there there a way that I can see that? Okay, where can I look at this so I can see – who is not taking advantage of this incredible amount of hard work that I put together, only to give me a big old middle finger ref. Um, I've looked but at here's it. what you. I have so far. Thank you, Josh. NFL-bound guys that we knew could come back. Air Gray, Wanye Morris, Jalen Redman, Anton Harrison. Last night, C.J. Colden made it official that he was going to the draft I'm of the understanding that he did have the opportunity to apply for a medical uh, a medical hardship, another medical year. So those are the five that we, we, we know didn't have any – had eligibility left. Of those who I don't think they did, but I still I'm, – I'm perplexed by the wording. Braden Willis, Deshaun White, and Jeffrey Johnson. So just real quick on the C.J. Colton, Jeffrey Johnson side of things, you know, you, you look at the – you put the depth chart up, right? And, and it was a little bit of a limited depth chart. But you think about that corner position, and I get kind of excited about some of the battles that I think we're going to see depending on guys staying healthy and what Jay Valai is going to have in that room. You know, you, you, you start thinking about young guys like a Gentry Williams and the opportunity that he may have ahead of him in 2023. I – I've said this a lot. I know one of the coaches told me that he thinks he's a guy that can be very much in the same vein as a as a Derek Strait type player. I mean, I, I, I think Jaden Davis has more eligibility left. So essentially you are returning two of your starters and Woody Washington who made the declaration that he's back uh, along with Isaiah Coe. But at least from that corner position, losing C.J. Colton sucks. Uh, but the the opportunity, I think, in front of a Kenai Walker to take that next step, uh, a Gentry Williams, a couple of Josiah Wagner, and, and again, I'm not – I subscribe to the Book of Ted whenever it comes to the, the sports Bible. Oklahoma has not – Brent Venables has not been a guy that's going to throw freshmen out there. But, you know, you, you mentioned a Josiah Wagner as a possibility. You hate losing a C.J. Colton. Uh, and now you look at just like – I pulled up the last depth chart, 
from the last game. All right? This is from the Texas Tech game, not the Florida State game. Okay. Here was your listed starters at one corner. You ready? Yeah. Jaden Davis, C.J. Colton, Kendall Dennis, and Joshua Eaton. And Davis was an or with C.J. Colton. Now, three of those four guys are gone. But, Josh, am I crazy if I tell you that I actually still feel really good about what OU has at corner coming back this season? Well, I think you're hopeful that these young guys that have signed in the 22 class, now all of a sudden they're a year older. Uh, you know, your Gentry Williams of the world, they're ready to step in and be players for Oklahoma. And you're excited about – I mean, who knows? I know that uh, the, the book of Ted, right, is typically pretty accurate. <laughs> And I agree with you, generally speaking, probably not uh, not always realistic to bank on a true freshman stepping right in. But, man, you get a Jacoby Johnson or a Josiah Wagner that can help you out just in bits and pieces. Not not from a starting perspective, but just in, in bits and pieces right. if you need some. Next season would be uh, gigantic for your depth there. Who knows? Maybe we get shocked, right? Maybe the Book of Ted uh, in one instance gets a little bit surprised with a Jacoby Johnson next season would be <laughs> would be huge, right, for, for OU. I will say um, there is – there's been guys locally that draw a lot of buzz, right? Um, I still think Marcus Major is up there. You know, I, I, J.D. had trained him. J.D. Runnels had trained – I think J.D. – but J.D. was very much on that hype train, and I – I, I loved it. I think all the the local media fell in love with his possibility, and he's got another year, right? He's gonna he's gonna factor into that backfield with with obviously Gavin Sawchuck now and Javante Barnes. He's gonna he's gonna be part of. It. He's gonna have a, a chance, and if he can stay healthy, I think he's got a shot to be pretty good. But my my point isn't to look at the running back position; it's to talk about Oklahoma guys, right? I don't know if historically I've seen a guy that has had more low-key positive buzz, if that makes sense. In other words, when you talk about this recruiting class that's coming in, Jacoby Johnson isn't the first or the second or the third name that's brought up, right? It's Jackson Arnold. It's Peyton Bowen. Uh, it's the, the edge. Adebaye. 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 PJ, I'll, yeah, I'll get it at some point. Adebaye. You hear, but you don't hear much about Jacoby Johnson. But as soon as you mention his name to someone, what do you get? Oh, dude, he's got a chance. He's got a chance, and I find that to be incredibly reassuring and fascinating. Because usually, the hey man, I think that guy can play this year, uh, or at the very least, be a difference maker quickly. Josh, those are among the first two or three guys that you mention. And in a guy like Jacoby Johnson, you get down the ladder a little bit before people are up the ladder, if you will, before you look at his name, and then you realize, oh, okay, seeing this guy, he's got a chance. I think that says a lot about kind of the type of potential he has and also maybe more so the type of recruiting class that Oklahoma has brought in. No doubt. What's uh, Do we have our we, – we need to just, like, tape this up on one of the glasses – the windows in here in studio. Do we have an early enrollee list in front of you? I don't have one with me. Is Jacoby Johnson? You know one what? Of those I, I can get it. Yeah, I think he is. I, I can get it. I'll bring it to you next because I mean they start school next week. Let's go. I mean that's that's right, quick, really right, to me. Can... Sorry, Plank. I, I know we got to hop to a break. Here. No, go ahead. 
No. That that really is what we're looking at, right? If we're talking, okay, which corners can step in and maybe help you straight away, I think probably we got a pretty good illustration with C.J. Colden that you probably need to be here in the spring if you're going to be one of those guys. Yeah. It, it, by the way, one of the first texts that we got when talking about corner is uh, from the 405. Quote, we'll be fine at corner. We don't even really know what we lost with C.J. with C.J. Colden. That was was seemingly a flash in the pan. Yeah, got to get in, got to stay healthy. And those are – one of them you can control. One of them is hard to kind of truly quantify and and find the best practices for it. All right, quick break. We're talking about the roster for OU football in a day whenever college basketball attendance has been a main topic – if you missed it last night, Oklahoma, C.J. Colden, and Jeffrey Johnson did officially declare for the NFL draft, which means that the guys that I don't think they could have come back but for some reason set out declarations for the NFL draft, to Sean White, Jeffrey Johnson, and Brayden Willis are all gone. Uh, C.J. Colden had a chance for a, another year, but he declared last night. Now, of course, we wait. We wait on Dylan Gabriel and Marvin Mims for them to make it official. It's a plank show right here on The Ref. <laughs> I was looking up, I was looking up some, some notes on early enrollees, and I found this quote interesting. Gary Cavins joins us uh, on site here at Cavins Construction. Happy New Year, Gary. Happy New Year, Chris. Good to see you, man. It has, is. has it been crazy or what? It's been crazy. <laughs> I can't it's, imagine. Uh, you know, it's a it's different levels of crazy. You know, Christmas Day, Christmas Eve, it was super crazy, but you know. Yeah, well, I I want to get to it, but I want I want to read this quote from Jante Cook. Now, Josh, I realize this is. Uh, this started making the rounds, I want to say, New Year's Eve was on Saturday. So I'm a little bit, I'm about a week late to finding this quote. But Jante Cook signed with Texas, part of their 2023 recruiting class wide receiver. They asked him expectations. He said, quote, to win, I feel like within the next two years, we've got a chance at the Big 12 championship for sure. Now, by the way, I, I am a little bit concerned in this Longhorn Country piece because I've already found two misspellings in this quote that they wrote out. So hire an editor, boys. Um, I don't honestly know for sure when, where, will be going to the SEC, which also isn't capitalized. But, you know, obviously better competition. You know, we're still wanna, we're still going to go over there and compete. Some goals that, re, that I really want us to accomplish – I don't want to lose to OU in my college career at all. I freaking, I don't like OU. Wow. Yeah, all right, John T. Cook. In that horrifically transcribed paragraph from LonghornsCountry.com, look at our guy laying it out. Now, again, we don't have much of a leg to stand on after 49-0 last year, but hey, new know. guy coming in. That's right. Like the, I like the spunk in him. You mentioned it, uh, Gary. One of the, the core things that you do here at Cavens is – is obviously water remediation whenever pipes bust, you're there. And, but we had a wide – I know uh, Steelman came out here the the week, right, last came week. Came out here last Monday. Last Monday. I can't even fathom just still trying to work through all of that. I mean, did you even have – did you even sleep over the Christmas holiday? It was uh, it was crazy. I, I didn't get a lot of sleep, no. We, were, we went from one call to another call to another call. We had uh, schools. We had um, – uh, surgical centers. We had 
um, strip malls. We had uh, malls. Sooner Mall was hit with it. With it, we ended up at Sooner Mall. We ended up at Ed Noble Parkway. We ended up at a big church in Tulsa. We ended up at Physicians Surgical Center um, in Moore. We wow. ended up in um, just all over the place. We ended up in a vet's office, a liquor shop in Edmond, and a hair salon in Edmond. Um, <laughs> You know, and the list goes on and on and on. And it was just fire sprinkler break after fire sprinkler breaks. And they were pretty much they were all fire sprinkler breaks. Uh, We ended up at Harps Food outside of Norman headed uh, on Highway 9. I mean, we just the guys were scattered everywhere and our water extraction teams were going everywhere. And the equipment was flying everywhere and we were documenting and getting everything taken care of. You know, it's it's wild because you could have all of the proper precautions in place and you get a freeze like like we got just prior to christmas gary and there's nothing you can do that's right i mean it's just it's it's you can do everything right and you know inevitably if it was the way the the building was put together or the age of the the, the plumbing or the pipes whatever i mean you, you you've got examples in here of what we got about six different pipes over there that you saw yes you know, you know that's a uh several different breaks and that's not even close to all of them a lot of them we left them on site for the insurance companies to to document and stuff like that but you know i mean it's amazing these fire lines how they just i mean this this steel just pops in half what what water can do is amazing it's absolutely amazing and you know we just um you know we're lucky that our teams have been trained and they've developed and We've got top-notch equipment, and we're able to respond in a timely manner. Um, you know, when the surgical center got hit, we were there with 30, within 30 minutes, um, and that's pretty much the call all the way around. Uh, we did have a waiting list at one point, um, you know, because we had so many jobs going on, but we, you know, we kept going, we kept going, we kept taking care of people, and we got to everybody. Um, and just the team did an amazing job working through Christmas, through Christmas Eve, and all, that whole entire holiday weekend, and um, I'm just proud of all of them. And they all their training did good. They did all their everything, all the steps properly, and did an outstanding job. And we've actually um, even made an additional investment this week in bringing in more equipment oh, and awesome. uh, um, more more stuff. We spent a you know we spent another fifty thousand dollars in new structural drying equipment. Um, in the last two days it's coming in uh, next week so we're super wow. excited about that it just gives us an opportunity to continue to develop and grow and and help our clients and help new clients and you know the great thing about cavens is you know we're we're, we're not we're one stop you call us for water loss we can do the build back but then also we can help with your maintenance but one of the things i wanted to talk about you and me are kind of talking about mm-hmm. is you know a lot of people don't have their water breaks professionally cleaned, um, extracted, structurally dried. And what happens with that is you end up with mold. So it, it's a really good idea if you had a water leak or water break uh, during this last freeze, give us a call, set up a mold inspection, set up a mold test, and let's just make sure that the environment that your employees are in and the environment that you're at, in at home is safe and there's no mold and there's no other issues caused by the, uh, a water loss that might have happened, um, that's important too. And if you see mold, one thing that's happened with all these water losses is a lot of people are getting into attics, they're getting into water hot water tank closets, they're getting into areas that they're not normally in, and they're finding mold. And we've had a high volume of calls because of that. So if you have it, don't let it just sit there and get worse because it will get worse. Call 
have us come out and investigate us, investigate the issue, have us test the issue, have us remediate the issue if we need to. We're here to help. And as you mentioned, you might think it's minor. Oh, I just saw a little bit there. That mold issue, Gary, it's not just property, which it is. It's health. It can affect you in so many ways, and you just can't. When you start seeing any signs of that, you can't let that go. you got to get the experts out there. That's right. And when it comes to mold, we're kind of like water remediation. We're really good at it. We've been doing it a long time, and we do it a lot residentially, but we do it a ton commercially. We are able to get into businesses, keep them operating, um, and take care of them. And we're not talking about small business. We're talking about national retailers um, and, you know, banks, um, schools, uh, just all kinds of different shapes and sizes of businesses. We're really uh, versed in it, and we can really step in and help you through the process. Um, through all of it, right, and we're focusing a lot on the on the mold and the water remediation here because it's it's timely. It's what, what happened. But when you get freeze like that, it can affect everything in your office, in your home. Uh, roof, you can have some issues there. Uh, maybe, maybe, right? But, again, maybe. you, you, you maybe. always want to keep an eye on it. But, in general, you, you've got to stay up to date on everything, and it can end up being very costly if you don't. So you're here to help on, on every angle possible. That's right. You know, speaking of roofing, is uh, Chris is able to come out and do a roof inspection, uh, check whether you're in Tulsa, you're in Ardmore, you're in Purcell, Paul's Valley, uh, you're on the Turnpike, you're, you know, you're in Oklahoma City, you're in Yukon, you're in Edmond. Stillwater, wherever you're at, we can get out there. We can do roof inspections for you and, and make sure your roof is in top-notch shape because uh, we're getting ready to go into spring and we're going to get a lot of thunderstorms and a lot of rain. So now's the time. You're kind of at the last point uh, this last part of winter to get your roofs inspected and get them prepared and make sure you're good for the rain coming in the spring. Commercial maintenance, uh, one-stop shop for doors, floors, sheetrock, painting, uh, acoustical ceilings, uh, furniture, putting furniture, up, taking it apart, moving it, putting it back together, um, whatever you need. Uh, our maintenance team is excellent at, at it on the commercial side. Amen. Gary, thanks, buddy. We appreciate it. Anything else we need to add? Don't forget about trauma and crime scene cleanup, too. Tear gas cleanup, um, any kind of, you know, those are horrible situations. Uh, but uh, we've been trained, and our guys uh, do an outstanding job when it comes to uh, trauma, tear gas, uh, bio cleanup. Love it. Thanks, Gary. Thank Talk you so to you much. soon, man. That's Gary Cavins. We hang out here uh, just about every Thursday at Cavins Construction Group. You can learn more by going to cavinsconstruction.com. Uh, Kansas, Tulsa, Norman, they've got you covered. 405-573-3048. Find them on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Now, one thing you had asked, Josh, that I just wanted to double check on, you'd asked about the early enrollees, correct? Yes, 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 yes. Oh, okay, I, I had reached out Oh, dude, I got all kinds of updates today. There's a certain someone that I never try to bother during the show, uh-huh. but there were two important questions, so I bothered him. <laughs> Thanks, dude. Appreciate you getting back to me. There's another guy who hasn't replied to my text message yet. Anyway, thir- 13, make it 14 of OU's signees, Josh, are early enrollees. They are P.J. Adabare, Jackson Arnold, Kendall Gold, uh, Dolby, Caleb Green, Josiah Wagner, Caleb Hicks, and Dalen Smothers, the running backs, Joshua Bates, Derek LeBlanc, Ashton Sanders, Phil Pachotti, Eric McCarty, Macari Vickers, and Peyton Bowen. 
So 14 total Sooners early enrollees. And it's, it's, what were we talking about position-wise, right? We were talking about corner, and at least one of those guys is on that list. Or both of those guys are on that list, and Josiah, uh, Josiah Wagner and Makari Vickers. Not saying, but just saying. Yeah. So Quick the, break. Th- those are two names Go probably ahead. to keep an eye on. Quick break. When we come back, we'll head straight to the Air Comfort Solutions text line right here on the ref. All right, welcome back into the Plank Show. A couple of quick tweets uh, off the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Here's a quick one. Uh, how did Peyton do? Uh, how did Peyton Bowen do at the Under Armour game? I haven't heard his name mentioned that much. Boomer. Uh, I say this. I I like this texter. He was giving me an Aldi hack the other day. Um, I don't care how he did at the uh, Under Armour All Star game. I mean, if you watch that, if you want to get fired up about how PJ Adebari did, do so. But but my, they got out healthy, dude. That's all that matters to me. <laughs> and uh, I, I guess the team that was coached by Lauren Montgomery won. Is that right? So there's that. But to me, of the eight guys that are going to be wearing the crimson and cream, that they got out healthy was a big deal to me. From the 405, Kendall Dolby is the number one rated quarter out of junior out of JUCO. He could be a starter. Yeah, we didn't even mention him, Josh. And he's a guy that's getting in early, too. So, or at least I assume he is. I would hope he is. So, to me, that's that's a that's another guy that you add to that list that could be a a major part of that Oklahoma rotation at corner, where you've got names like Gentry Williams, Jane Davis, Woody Washington. Now, uh, add freshman Macari Vickers, add Josiah Wagner, add Kendall Dolby. So you got. You've got some dudes. There's going to be some good battles in that room, even with C.J. Cold, Macari Vickers coming. I'm sorry. Um, why am I blanking on the the other transfer, the Louisville kid that everyone loves? Can I Walker? Height and weight. What? Can I Walker? Looks the part, man. Yeah, put Can I Walker in that mix too if he can stay healthy. You know, it's it it, it sucks to see C.J. Colden declare for the draft. But in the same vein, I'm kind of like that earlier texture. I'm not, I'm not overly concerned about that position. Guys got to take advantage of opportunities. We'll see how they do. Um, and this, I, we've talked about this a lot. I've, I've been kind of joking throughout the day of these guys making these announcements when they don't have any eligibility left. And that last sentence is, with that said, I'll be declaring for the NFL draft. And in my mind, I'm like, I don't really know if you had any other options. But – for the 580, I think the announcements from guys that couldn't come back was more of a thank you to the fans and the school. For sure. There's no doubt okay, that we'll it's, it's definitely some of sure. that. Yeah, I'm sure there's some of that. Uh, let's see. Here's what. Oh, J- Jacoby is staying in Mustang for basketball. Yeah, mentioned that. Uh, for the 918. Well, we mentioned that off the air. I apologize. Jordan, uh, for the 918. What a shame for Jacob Sexton playing such limited time and has the injury. Yeah, that sucks. And, you know, in in everything, Josh, that I've seen, it looked as if something was not right to start the game for Jacob Sexton. Not him mentally, not him emotionally. Like, he was ready for the moment, but it, it seemed as if it might have been something that could have could have affected Jacob Sexton 
in the pregame. But here's a guy that will get a chance to, to heal up, hit that weight room a little bit more, understand what Bill Beanbow wants for that offensive line. And, listen, you're never going to say, oh, he's going to be better for it. That's not what I'm trying to say. But I think he's got a chance to come back and really be a factor. If you allow yourself to look ahead of 2024, you know, Guyton will probably be off to the NFL by then. If he has a good year, he's a guy that, you know, I think could factor in in that rotation a couple years down the road. Because I just, right, Josh, we don't know the healing process. You know, they're talking about Kyler Murray had an ACL surgery just, what, yesterday, and you saw the pictures, and they're not expecting him to be ready until, what, October? Yeah. So, I don't know. I don't know how severe this is for Jacob Sexton, but you you hate to see that. From the 505, Brian writes, I think the Sooners' offensive line against Florida did very well. Florida State, or Florida State, I should say. Florida State's defensive line is pretty solid, and those young men for the Sooners held their own. Oh, absolutely. And again, I I think I've talked about this a lot, a little bit of an acid trip path here. Just follow me. I've talked about this a lot with what the Raiders did last week against the Niners. And everyone's like, Jets did him doing all this. Literally, he did everything that Derek Carr did throughout the season. It's, It's literally, if you watched it, it's like watching Derek Carr. He might be a little bit faster, but all the things that Jared Stidham did that people are losing their minds about are things that have been done in Vegas all season long. But because it was someone different, you suddenly feel like it's different. Like Rich Gannon, I'll give you an example real quick. Rich Gannon puts out the the video of the, the pass that Stidham completed to Devontae Adams where he basically got blasted. <laughs> and Rich Gannon is like, well, I'm not saying that Derek Carr never did this, but and literally, like there were five videos immediately under it, one from the Steelers game the week before, in which Derek Carr did the exact same thing. But because it's someone different, it's like, oh my gosh, this is incredible. I think you saw some of that in in what the Oklahoma offensive line did on Saturday. Sorry, everything is Saturday on on Thursday or Wednesday, whenever it was. And part of it, too, Josh, is it's so new and you're so excited about guys getting an opportunity that you've looked past some of the mistakes that they've made and the reasons why they weren't on the field. Man, Gavin Sawchuk, awesome. See how great he was? Yeah, he was great. Also had a fumble that might cost him the game. Yep. Uh, you, you know, Savion Bird, incredible. He was. He also had a couple bad penalties that cost him big plays. So I'm not saying you completely dump on them. I'm not saying that everything was terrible, just like I'm not saying it with Jared Stidham either. But there's also this part of you saw the potential, but you also realized why there might have been a little bit of hesitation. And because it was someone new, I feel like that we look past some of those mistakes. So, yeah, you're right. The offensive line held their own, did a great job. Gavin Sawchuck was amazing, did a great job. But I don't know, the – the funny part about Brian's text is his previous text that he sent in, Josh, was on December 29th, uh, and it said, the Sooners are toast today, Knowles by 90. <laughs> and, and then the very next test is, our, our offensive line held up pretty well as far as things are concerned. Yeah, I agree. Um, one more. Don in Tulsa writes, losing Jeffrey Johnson is going to be the same as when we lost LaRon Stokes. Stop. 
And don't forget about DJ Graham and JJ Hester at wide receiver. Not going to lie. Not going to lie. Really surprised we didn't see DJ Graham in the portal. Pleasantly, uh, pleasantly enthused. Pleasantly enthused. Is that a word? Pleasantly surprised by that. Now we'll see after spring ball, but you know, he looked good over there in that 81 jersey. He was running some routes pregame. He looked good. JJ Hester's got to stay healthy. LV Bunkley Shelton, I think, is the guy that's a little bit ahead of Hester right now. But receiver position looks good. All right, more portal talk to come, but when we come back, let's hit a couple of uh, breaking notes in the college football world and a positive update on DeMar Hamlin next right here on The Ref. Okay, uh, let's hit on this update, which is a good one involving DeMar Hamlin. Shut shut up. This kind of made my day. This this uh, this this kind of made me a little bit happy because Justin and Kuita writes. Um, well, hold on, hold. On. So I'll I'll get to yours in a second, Justin. From the nine one eight, can you please retouch on the news regarding Hamlin? I got in my Amazon van. Listen, to you guys all day long. Thanks for what you do, and thank Amazon you for what van, you do, man. Appreciate you. Spent a lot of time at my house. Thanks to my wife. <laughs> but I'll tell you what. This news that's coming out this morning involving DeMar Hamlin is fantastic. Uh, The Bills sent out an update. Here's the gist of it. While still critically ill, remarkable improvement over the last 24 hours. Everything appears to be neurologically intact. His lungs continue to heal, and he is making progress. His agent sent out a tweet just a couple of moments ago, which basically said, hey, man, it's been a, it's been a roller coaster 24 hours, but, you know, we're, we're starting to see some really positive stuff. The neurologically intact and lungs continuing to heal is a major, major positive. So good news involving Damar Hamlin. All right, quick break. We'll come back. Joey Helmer slated to join us in the top five stories of the day brought to you by Newcastle Casino.